listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the TNA podcast brought to you by the Nutmeg Assist. Myself Ritwik, the host of the show. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh we took a one week break because there's been a lot of football of late and break was probably coming in sometime sooner. And in this episode today I'm actually joined by a special guest who is the co-founder of a wonderful wonderful football consultancy company I would say uh, Market Insights MRKT Insights that's how okay. it's right <laughs> yeah and the co-founder who I'm talking about is Ram Srinivas uh, welcome Ram to the show uh, hi uh, thank you for that intro and yeah it's nice I'm I've listened to a lot of the episodes of your podcast and it's nice to be on it Yeah thank you so much Ram and I mean it's it's a pleasure having you on I know you guys have your own podcast here at Market Insights uh, again that's that's a podcast that I listen to kind of consistently and you have like a great great team there right uh, I mean I I don't know a lot of people's names because you guys have dummy names and you guys have <laughs> you know the Market Insights logo as your Twitter yeah. TP so yeah. i mean i i know i knew jay's name probably uh, a long time back hearing the podcast uh, there's a guy named phil as well i guess uh, no there's no phil but oh, okay. i don't i don't Sorry. blame you they're all yeah they're all under shadow names so it's okay <laughs> so that's that's great and probably before just you know diving into the topic or the agenda for the podcast i just you know want to ask you just for the listeners to to know, you know what you guys do at market insights all right so what we do is um we help uh, professional football clubs in their recruitment processes and in their performance analysis processes because um we help them make the best use of whatever data is available to them whether that's from wise scout or instat or um any granular opta data or anything where we're well versed in um making use of that kind of data and marrying it up with subjective opinions of players and in that way we try and add value to both scouting and uh match by match analysis yeah that's great to hear and i mean you guys gen- i mean the main clients for you guys i think is from england the efl basically yeah, yeah that's right we 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 worked with um a a few clubs in the EFL one one in Scotland and one ISL also recently oh so, that's great that's <laughs> great i mean you're you're not supposed to you know uh, no yeah i can't <laughs> i can't name which one it is but oh, yeah, that's, it was a that's, nice experience that's that's pretty sad but yeah that's good it's good to have you know people coming into the indian market as well and helping clubs here yeah yeah and one of the agenda for today's discussion is definitely the EFL but before jumping on to that i would like to you know uh, talk about the club that you support chelsea mm-hmm. and frank lampard got sacked recently i mean there were you know, two uh, two sides to that as well a lot of people saying it was probably harsh a lot of people saying it was well warranted because of the poor results or the poor run and his yeah. replacement thomas tuchel has had a good start to his chelsea career so far i mean he's he's kind of you know i i've seen people say he's kind of uh, made the team even better probably it's it's a small sample size but again there are improvements to be seen but ram one question that i want to ask you is always mm-hmm. under lampard the players used to press a lot but the press was not pretty effective but immediately tuchel tom tuchel comes in and the press looks kind of much much better 
So there are patterns in Chelsea's play which has changed a lot in such a short times after Tuchel's come. So probably from what you've seen so far, uh, could you actually brief a little on what you think has improved? Yeah, well, I will, I will caveat whatever I'm going to say with a few things. Um, one of them being he's only actually managed us for what four games and. All the opponents that we faced up until Sheffield United had no interest in playing with the ball. So keeping these two things in mind, I will say that the team maybe looks slightly more cohesive in the sense that under Lampard, we didn't have much of a pressing structure, as you've said. So um, this this led us to be susceptible to being attacked on the transition quite often. Um, and the better thing with Tuchel's press is it's more measured the um, I mean, as in in the small sample of what I've seen, the triggers seem a little more tangible than they were under Lampard. And then another thing is, I think Tuchel is trying to play with the ball more. Um, I think Lampard had a slightly more direct style of attack, but I think Tuchel is trying to trying to build attacks in a more patient manner. And I think also um, he he is known for a for a for a possession based control style. I mean, at least after his initial days at Dortmund. But I think um, this may have something to do with the fact that we're in the era of pandemic ball, so to speak, where a lot of fixtures are coming in a very short span of time. And it becomes unsustainable to keep leading a relentless high-pressing style of football. So in that sense, I think it's something that Guardiola is doing very well at Man City. They basically solved pandemic ball and they they control all their games with large amounts of possession now. So... Yeah, I think that's that's a part of what Tuchel is trying to do as well, which is why um, it seemed somewhere between Sari ball and uh, what Lampard was playing. But yeah, all in all, it does seem to be a little more effective. But given the way our performing, performance was very underwhelming against Sheffield United, who actually tried to play against us, um, I'm, I'm still I'm still reserving my judgment over just how much better the team has gotten or whether these results would have played out the same way against Lampard. So yeah, just uh, wary of fixture bias, but yeah, these are the things I've observed. Yeah, and I mean, Tuchel seemed to favor a few players as well. Uh, most uh, notably, the return of Antonio Rudiger back into the side. I mean, mm, yeah, and that's that's actually again something that has divided opinions, I think, among the Chelsea fan base because I, I I've seen you know the extremes from both sides on Antonio Rudiger for the last week or so. He made a horrible, horrible mistake this week. But, yeah. I mean, he, he's made a fair few, I guess, in his Chelsea career. But um, from 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 what you've seen there, uh, Ram, Marcus Alonso had a start as well. I mean, these two yeah. these two are players who kind of fell completely off with Frank Lampard and they weren't getting starts at all. But do you think yeah. it's going to be a long-term thing or do you think it's just a you know, starting period where... Tuchel wants to try different players. Yeah, I think squad management is a big theme over here because uh, what happened under Lampard was there was a group of players that he wanted to let go of if reports are to be believed. And that group of players included um, guys like Shiru and Rudiger, Jorginho uh, and Alonso, of course. So the problem was COVID-19 struck and then it became it became a very difficult market to sell players in, especially guys like these who aren't exactly young, um, are on big wages and you know how it goes. So 
that group of players had to stay on under Lampard and given they're all quite senior and have had prominent roles in the past, um, it seemed as if squad harmony became a bit of an issue. And I think what Tuchel is doing right now is basically trying to keep things going by by just picking the guys that, well, he's trying to basically prevent um, or keep disruption in the squad to a minimum by trying to share around minutes. And, you know, guys like Billy Gilmore, um, who were set to have more minutes under Lampard, if you don't give them enough minutes, then that's a minimal disruption as compared to this, if that makes sense. So I think one aspect of what Tuchel is doing is definitely definitely trying to manage his squad and trying to keep things um, tranquil. And the other part is, I think Alonso has come back because he's clearly a very good wing back and he suits he suits a 3-4-3 or 3-5-2 that Tuchel is trying to play. So that's a legitimate footballing reason. Uh, Rudiger, um, I mean, the less I say about him, the better. But yeah, again, he since we've shifted to a back three, I suppose he can be played more in theory. But yeah, I feel that is part of the squad management as well. Um, because I believe if Tomori were here, Rudiger probably shouldn't start over Tomori. So yeah, I think, I think merely shifting to a back three has enabled some of these things to happen. So... Yeah, it, it, I'd say it's a mix. It's a it's a pretty obvious mix of um, some footballing reasons and some squad management. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a fair point to make. I I think and another player who who is going straight to the very top in my opinion is Mason Mount. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of people started calling him Lampard's son because I mean Lampard probably loved him a lot and he was starting almost all the games. When he played for England, he was Southgate's son. And now I think even Thomas Tuchel seems to love him and it, now he's Tuchel's son as well. So I don't think I, I don't think he's, I mean, neither of the three is, you know, son or something. He's just a really, really, really good player. I guess uh, you might have also, you know, kind of got a lot of chance to analyze and watch him when he was at Derby County on loan with, again, Frank Lampard. So, I mean, are you actually surprised with the surprised with the way he's kind of picked up his speed or you know the levels or do you think this was probably coming <laughs> it's just it's not a coincidence dude that all these um that all these managers like him Mason Mount is just a very very good player and I share your opinion of the fact that he's going right to the very top because he embodies everything that you'd want to have in your team as a homegrown player and just outside of those intangibles as well he's technically very good Good at receiving between the lines in the final third. Driving play. Driving play is an aspect he's added to his game this season. Um, arrives late in the box to score goals. Can can create. Um, creates a lot from set pieces. He, he's, he's got it all, basically. I think he's our, he's our most he's our most attacking threat in every other game that he plays, if not all of them. So, yeah, I, I just think it's... If Mason Mount didn't start the first game under Tuchel, but I knew it was just going to be a matter of time before... He established himself in the lineup. He's just, he's very good. So, yeah, um, that that's why Southgate likes him. That's why Lampard liked him. And yeah, I I, I have no doubt that he's going to, he's going to captain the side one day. My, um, yeah, my, my favorite player when I was watching football used to be Lampard. And yeah, now I think it's Mount. So <laughs> I, I, I may be biased, but um, since you shared this opinion too, um, I am, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel better about that. 
No, I, I mean it's 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 uh, it, it's a very valid point as well. I mean I love watching Mason Mount play. I mean, like you said, he can do those one-touch passes and turn turns so nicely. He can take those long shots as well. He's good at set pieces. I mean, I mean, I mean you have the likes of Phil Ford and Mason Greenwood, Bukayo Saka, Mason Mount, etc. I mean, these are probably the next big generation or the next golden generation. I don't want to again curse. England by saying the next golden generation or anything, but again he's he's definitely part of that group and a key part of that group. So I mean I also probably share the same opinion. I mean I love watching him play, and I just want to end this Chelsea talk by mentioning mm-hmm. one one more player, Callum Hudson Odoi. Oh yeah. Again and another player who I love very much because I mean he was completely kind of frozen out by Frank Lampard. I I don't know what happened or what was the reason. uh but i mean i would say probably i had a small agenda against lampard just because he wasn't starting callum hudson or fry uh-huh. but he he has kind of picked up again under thomas tuchel another player who's kind of looked really really assured whenever he's played so i mean i mean do you think he's again part of the long term plan or do you think he's probably again a a proper proper starting 11 player for chelsea yeah 100% 100%. I it's kind of weird that he wasn't um he wasn't playing enough under Lampard and then now he is playing a lot. He's basically become a very important player for Tuchel if these games are anything to go by but yeah, I think um I think Callum has um added aspects to his game um as well. I mean, in the sense that he always possessed these skills like his passing for example, but it took a lot of time for him to become expressive. after his after his achilles injury a lot of his appearances after his achilles injury were very very passive a lot of backwards passing wouldn't take players on so it was kind of understandable that lampard didn't play him a lot but then as lampard's uh, reign began, began to come to an end you could notice callum hudson and i coming into his own at last and that was very good to see and tuchel is just kind of carrying forward that momentum and allowing him to really express himself in a, in a in a wing back role which is basically a winger role so yeah he's been played there he's been played at number 10 where he is also very good in my opinion because he dribbles very well in central areas so yeah hudson odoi is going to finally fulfill his talent and become a very very important player for us at last it's been it seems like it's been going on forever like 3 3 and a half years now but yeah i think yeah. now is finally the finally the time for him so yeah i'm i'm quite happy about that Yeah, yeah, and Chelsea are definitely knocking on the door for the top four as well. One point behind Liverpool, who are in fourth. It hurts. It hurts uh, personally, but you have to accept it. That um, moving on to the Championship or the EFL, the League One, League Two, which is mm-hmm. where you are probably. I'll call you an expert there in that <laughs> department. And I mean to start. talking about the championship or the EFL the league one the league two as, as well the yeah. level or um, i mean it it used to be highly scrutinized probably 5 years back or 6 years back or much before mm. that as well because yeah. it was most most clubs definitely were you know still you know stuck in that dinosaur age where they play the hoof ball you know <laughs> the the kind of football which is not very progressive or i would say probably i mean I, i wouldn't you know kind of completely malign its image because that yeah. also works pretty well at times shondaish and burnley a classic example 
Steve Bruce and Newcastle. Okay, kind of again a classic example that it could work. But again, you probably needed teams that you know also think differently and different players as well. I wasn't probably I I don't think we saw a lot of players as well come out of the championship or league one maybe to the top stage. No. But no. right now the scenes completely change, and definitely yeah. I think uh, data analytics is also helping definitely. But yeah. also the way the managers, the way the clubs are appointing the managers, the way the clubs are approaching at football or the long term vision as well. I think all yeah. of these comes into the picture and. Yeah. I know I mean I mean I mean I know that you are a huge huge championship nerd you talk about championship all the time and that's something that I love yeah. on my timeline I love seeing those Emmy Bendia tweets I love seeing those, <laughs> those Ivan Toni Brentford tweets as well so yeah. I I mean exciting times brilliant football in the championship and probably from what you've seen Ram what do you think has been the, the catalyst for this change yeah I think uh... I think it's just been an evolution of football in general like I feel as if um Guardiola actually has a lot to do with I it's, it's funny there was a there was a huge meme going around of um, yeah 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 of yeah. Uh, of Rochdale scoring a goal after playing like 25 passes a few months ago and then the the, the person who tweeted that was saying flipping Rochdale scored this goal and you're telling me Guardiola hasn't had an influence on English football I actually I think he has had a big influence on English football um because in general I think I think the way Spain played um in two international tournaments uh Euro 2008 World Cup 2010 Euro 2012 that during that period of time when Spain were you know really prominent uh yeah. them coupled with Guardiola's overall do- dominance of the sport with Barcelona and then Bayern Munich and now Man City has influenced a lot of people um who are now coaches to go towards that style of football it's just possession was made to look incredibly sexy and that's the reason i mean in in my opinion that's the reason managers in in the game today are a lot more open to implementing that style of football even at even in league 2 fourth tier league 1 third tier and the championship obviously uh so yeah i think that has a lot to do with it. it's like a trickle trickle down effect from the highest level it still happens like not just with guardiola but you know chris wilder made overlapping center backs incredibly popular um there are a lot of systems playing overlapping center backs now so yeah it's just it's like a trickle down effect and maybe it also has something to do with the fact that it seems like a better way to get as far as the championship is concerned it seems like a better way to get foreign players to come into this league and do well and they're playing when they're playing styles of football that are more conducive to them shining so i would say that's the reason and yeah it's a, it's been a huge huge trend um because i was i was looking at some stats the other day and the number of passes made by center backs per 90 minutes you know um over the last 5 years in league 2 has gone up so much uh, meaning that their center backs are seeing a lot more of the ball and earlier the ball would just go from the goalkeeper to the striker center backs were hardly come into the equation so a lot more a lot more teams are building through the back now and i feel as if it's an overall trend in football because of the reasons that i just i mentioned earlier and also another slightly different factor that may be considered when you're talking about this kind of thing is um clubs in the premier league want to send their youngsters out on loan 
to teams that play football, which are slightly similar to the style of football that they play themselves. So Chelsea, for example, would want to send their kids to some team in League One or League Two that is maybe playing good football like MK Dons or Forest Green Rovers or you know some 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 team like that. So that may may or may not be a factor in it, but you know when players come in on loan, they definitely they have the potential to help to help teams a lot. So it could be it could be a reason it could be a reason. So yeah. I just, yeah, I think there are a number of factors in play, but overall, you're definitely right in saying that the standard, I mean, not the standard because it's it's subjective, but then the style of football is definitely evolving in the lower in the lower uh, regions, in the lower tiers, and um, the the games are very very watchable and even enjoyable. I would say, having um, watched League Two games all weekend, I can I can testify. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, the last point that you mentioned, I think mm-hmm. that is probably again, uh, that's a very, very uh, good point that you made out because I, I read an article, I think, on on the Athletic itself. I'm, I'm not sure if it was James Pierce or Simon Hughes who wrote the article, uh-huh. but when Liverpool uh, chose a club for Harvey Elliott, uh, mm-hmm. they kind of did a detailed study on where to send. They they completely did an analysis on Blackburn and. That's how they decided that that was probably the best choice or the best yeah. club where they could send Harvey Elliott. And I mean, you you are seeing the reward for that right now. He's absolutely brilliant there right now. I would say, yeah, from what I see. Yeah. So yes, I think that 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 actually makes a that that is actually a really really good point that you made out there. He's and, incredible, by the way. Harvey Elliott, yeah. Elliott is one of the best players the league has seen at that age. In a long, long time. Just, uh, just thought I'd say that. Yeah, the 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 messy, messy with the bun. I would say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yes, and coming on to some of the teams, I just want to you know probably check with you on some of the teams. Teams like Brentford, mm. Huddersfield yeah. as well, Accrington yeah, Stanley, yeah. Uh, yeah. clubs like this, MK Dons again. Uh, yeah. These guys are completely the teams who are playing some really, really amazing football. And yeah. you know, I, I recently watched uh, Huddersfield versus Reading. Uh, I wanted oh. Huddersfield to win, but Reading won the game. Two yeah. one, if, if if I'm not wrong. That, that's so, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Reading were completely. You know, I, I love my Oli's. I love Obi Jari yeah. as well. He was yeah. part of Liverpool's academy. He yeah. has got that sauce, like people would say. But yeah. you know, see, see, seeing these clubs, you know, completely step up uh, or you know change the way they play, etc. Even in the Premier League, yeah. if you see West Brom, I don't know if it was the right move to sack Slavon Bilic. They've kind of regressed since they've, uh, I mean, signed uh, Sam Allardyce. Fulham, yeah. uh, on the other hand, with Scott Parker, they started very poorly, but I think they're picking points here and there. They're kind of, yeah. they're kind of playing well. So this is not yeah, something that yeah. you see from the championship clubs. Even last yeah. season, Norwich City, I think they tried their best. Sadly, they had to go down. Uh, yeah. I mean, they played some really good football, obviously. But you see these teams coming into the Premier League and probably giving the big teams also a good shout. You know, yeah. West Brom, beat West Brom, mm-hmm. Fulham, uh, Leeds United as well. These clubs have actually, you know, take, uh, took their game, A game to the big guns, like the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City, etc. So mm-hmm. the, the change in level, like you said, is massive. But you have a select few clubs right here who who the Premier League clubs are targeting to buy players. Players like Ollie Watkins, who was bought from um, Brentford. 
fight Ben yeah. Rama, West West Ham yeah. again. Uh, yeah. Ben Davis now from Preston, uh, Liverpool signed him. I mean, it probably was a backup signing, but again to sign a player from the Championship uh, in in, yeah. in this kind of a situation, in this in a se- mm-hmm. season like this where you know Liverpool needs centre backs. So that actually speaks a lot. So in your opinion, uh, Ram, who would you probably pick as probably if you if you could pick probably four or five clubs that Premier League clubs or clubs abroad from in the top yeah. divisions could target for to mm-hmm. buy certain footballers or in players in certain positions who who do you actually yeah. pick uh so yeah brentford obviously one of them brentford um play a very mm, not heavily possession based but very attractive style of football 4-3-3 um i love i love a lot of players on that side and evidently they they produced people like konza mope Pandrama, Watkins, that just tells you all you need to know. So Brentford are one. Um I would say I would say Huddersfield are another if they continue playing the style that they have at the moment. They recently appointed a manager named Carlos Carveran, who used to be a Leeds under 23 manager. And they play a very Bielsa-esque style of football. So um yeah, um Norwich, obviously, you've seen them play a possession-based style uh, and, well, heavily transition-based style as well in the Premier League last season. So I'd say Norwich, Huddersfield, Brentford, and, and as, a, as a fourth, I'll just go slightly left field, dip down to uh, League One and say MK Dons because uh, I, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure I've, I've tweeted about them enough. I, I really love their style of football. It's they, they play a they play a 3-5-2 basically and it's very possession based and they get very fluid with things at times. Um sometimes the goalkeeper goes to the right back area during build up to create a numerical superiority. Uh, the, um the their center backs used to be overlapping at one point in time. Now now slightly less so. But yeah, just very fluid, um very very easy on the eye. So yeah, I that I feel as if that's as close to European football, I suppose, as you get. So these four teams, yeah, these four teams would uh, receive very strong backing from me. That's great to hear. I mean, when you talk about MK Dons, uh, two things actually pop up in my mind. One is Dele Alli and second yeah. one is <laughs> de- them beating Louis Van Hal's Manchester United 4-0 out of nowhere. Mm. <laughs> so, I remember that so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's, that's great to hear. And I would actually want to ask you again on some of the players as well. So this is actually a yeah. Patreon question from one of our okay. Patreon, Dieter Van Gogh. So his question uh-huh. for you is, if you had to pick a starting 11 from the championship or or, or probably you can combine the championship and the and league one as well. So if you uh-huh. combine these two, who, who would make it into your starting 11? Because I know we, we have some really good players like Ole's uh, Tony, Wendia, obviously, uh, people like yeah. that. Adam Armstrong, who's who's like the volume, the volume guy, shoots a lot, yeah. scores as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So if if you had to pick a starting eleven, who do you go with? Oh, sounds good. Okay, starting eleven made up of championship players then. Uh, nice. Um, in in goal, I'd, I'd probably have um, who tough. In goal, I'd have a uh, Seni Dieng actually, who plays for QPR. Very interesting player. Is um. He had a, he had, he's a slightly late bloomer, but I think he's one of the best goalkeepers in the championship at the moment. Very dominant in his box, uh, good with the ball at his feet, very good shot stopper. So yeah, Seni Dieng of QPR um, at goalkeeper. 
then I'm, I'm just going to say 4-3-3 because that's my favorite formation. Uh, my, my two center backs would be Mark Kuehi, although he's on loan from Chelsea. Um, okay, fine. I'll keep loanies out of this. <laughs> uh, Ethan Pinnock, who plays for Brentford. Uh, excellent center back. If Brentford were promoted to the Premier League this season, I'd probably put him in the shout for, for the England national team. He's that good. Uh, Ethan Pinnock as left center back. As my right centre-back, I would have hmm, Ben Cabango playing at Swansea City. Another very young player he's made his Wales national team debut recently. Uh, he would be my right-sided centre-back, very good with the ball. Right-back, Max Ahrens. I'm sure we all know him. He was in the Premier League last season. Um, had interest from Barcelona over the summer. We, we know all about him. Max Ahrens, a right-back. Uh, left-back, my favourite left-back is Rico Henry. Again, at Brentford. If Brentford get promoted to the Premier League next season, he is 100% going to be in the shot for um, the national team. He could have moved to the Premier League last summer. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to feel the back four of Rico Henry, Ethan Pinnock, Ben Cabango, Max Adams. My midfield three is going to be Josh Da Silva, again from Brentford. Um, Lewis Travis from Blackburn. And who should we say? Okay, just someone new because he hasn't played in the Premier League before. Matt Grimes. Of Swansea City. So Matt Grimes is a very he's a, he's an excellent technical player, can play as a six, left centre back, left back. He's he has the Graham Potter tutelage. Incredible passer, um, can carry the ball as well. Excellent number six. Josh Da Silva is almost a complete midfielder, basically. Can can do everything you want. Uh, has an incredible long shot on him as well. Former Arsenal youth product. Um is probably the best midfielder in the championship at the moment. Definitely going to play in the Premier League next season. Uh, and who else is her name? Lewis Travis. Slightly more unheralded one, but I think um, I think he could be picked up by a Burnley or a Crystal Palace or the likes. Very energetic midfielder, uh, James MacArthur-ish type. Um, more aggressive, but yeah. And then my three forwards would be Ivan Tony. obviously. Uh, should be playing the Premier League right now, actually. He does everything again. Excellent finisher, links play, we can win the ball in duels, up for a scrap. Yeah, Ivan Tony, my favorite forward. And um, the two guys flanking him would be Emi Buendia, who we, who we know all about, obviously. And for something different, again, I'd probably go with Adam Armstrong playing as an inverted forward off the left. Uh, very pacey, a good finisher. Um, incredible at cutting, cutting in uh, from the right or the left, and then shooting, shooting from a um, slightly, slightly diagonalish area inside the penalty area. So yeah, a lot of goal threat in that side, a lot of creativity, lots of energy. All of these players are comfortably good enough for the Premier League. So let's see, uh, let's see how many of them, how many of them make the Premier League in the next two or three years. Yeah, and and a lot of players that you mentioned are very young as well. Uh, yeah. Not not in, on the right side of their age as well. And when you mentioned Tony, the, the first uh, you know, the first image that came upon my mind was uh, Brentford's official Twitter account tweeting <laughs> that Jeff. Uh, so yeah. I see that I see that regularly, and I think okay, this guy is probably going to follow Oliver Watkins' route into the Premier League. And yeah. yeah, and I mean, like you said, uh, I, I don't think there's like a huge gap right now from the Championship to the Premier League because you see mm. a lot of players making it. I mean, yeah. when before the season started, I was having chat with a few people and they were said Patrick Bamford, he was he's not a great finisher, but you mm-hmm. see what he's doing right now. 
Oli yeah. Watkins again championship reject you know people said that he's coming from the championship that's that's yeah. second division man so look at how he's yeah. playing and Jack yeah. Grealish for the last two seasons he's completely he's been he's one of the best players in the premier league right now Incredible. so he balled balled yeah. in the championship came into the mm-hmm. premier league doing his job John yeah. McGinn another player yeah. Ezri Konsa so you ha- and you have Tammy Abraham who had a really good loan spell at i think Aston Villa Uh, in the promo- yeah. promotion season and now he's doing well in the champion oh, sorry in the premier league rich james sorry. again went on, went on a yeah. great loan good loan spell at wigan athletic again yeah. in the premier league so mason mount i mean you have a lot of players i mean the list is huge emil smith through you see how his loan at huddersfield has massively helped him i guess um he's he's again a player that i wanted us arteta uh, using him much much earlier than he was yeah probably mm-hmm. so I mean the 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 level or you know the difference in level in these two divisions is not huge. So yeah, I mean with with the Brexit the Brexit coming into picture and you know the transfer rules changing a lot, I think you could probably see uh, a lot of Premier League clubs poaching the Championship and League One in the future. I guess. Yep. Yep. Uh, so definitely. I I think um, no sorry sorry to interrupt you. Uh, your you're definitely right on the gap increasing i feel as if it's because uh, i mean decreasing sorry i feel as if it's because the overall standard of the championship has gone up in the last few years i just thought i'd mention it because it's an interesting discussion point because you saw ruben neves playing in the championship in 1718 and this thing was okay, almost okay. unheard of he was like one of the top talents in europe at the time captain porto in the champions league at the age of 80 and stuff like that two years yeah. later he's playing at wolves obviously the george mendes connection has some effect in this but what's happening is clubs are coming the tv money is increasing in the premier league clubs are coming down um from from the premier league after getting relegated and then they have parachute payments for two years which means they can buy better players and more players are coming in from abroad a higher standard of player is generally in the championship now which forces which will kind of not forces but kind of has the effect of other players developing to a similar standard and a lot more players are dropping out of top academies in the premier league and making the move to the championship sooner instead of staying at premier league clubs for a long time for example josh da silva is a former arsenal um, arsenal academy pl- player who did not sign a new contract luis travis is from liverpool actually so uh, these are these are like two two big factors as to why in recent years um there's been there's been more investment into the championship because the promise of the premier league is huge all the tv money all the all the all the things that come with it the promise of the premier league is huge clubs are coming down with a lot of money and buying good players and players are moving into the championship more from academies so yeah the general standard is just pushing um it's pushing further and further and i think you're going to see players adapting to the to the premier league from the championship a lot easier than in the past even someone like bowen um bowen yeah, yeah. had a two year development curve and he has taken to the premier league in no time at all so yeah it's just the general standard is quite good at the moment yeah jared bowen actually i think along with thomas suchek uh, last season yeah. i think jared bowen and thomas suchek these two were probably west ham's two most important players post january which actually yeah. kept them in the premier league so yeah yeah that 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 curve was massive massive i would say So yeah probably that is uh the end of the show but before winding up 
again a couple more patent questions which i wanted to ask again from deeter uh-huh. and this is again just a prediction questions a couple of prediction questions first of all uh, regarding the first topic that we discussed chelsea do you yeah. think they'll make it into the top 4 <laughs> uh wow have you got to check the premier league table no i'm kidding <laughs> uh i think uh, i think they actually might not make the top 4 this season pains me oh. to say it but i just i don't see them playing better by the end of the season um as the four teams ahead of them liverpool leicester man united man city as much as it pains me i think they'll be a very very narrow fifth but you never know you never know what happens they could finish fourth but my prediction is they'll finish fifth uh, i hope no chelsea fan listens to this <laughs> I mean you you can never trust Leicester I mean yeah, Brendan yeah. Brendan Rodgers is actually a really good manager I think uh, a lot of people have a have a pretty bad perception of him from his time at Liverpool but I think since he left there I think he's improved a lot he's improved vastly and you can see that in how Leicester play right now and where they are in the table but I think yeah. again um, one or two bad injuries and I think they might probably struggle a bit um and the final question patron question again from deeter this is championship uh, again mm-hmm. who do you think yeah. are going to be the clubs that will get promoted ah okay uh that shouldn't be too hard um i'm going to say norwich brentford swansea those three are those three seem pretty clear of the rest of the league at this moment so yeah those three will be my pick Yeah, I I would definitely love to see Brentford come in to the Premier League last season. You know, it was pretty sad that they missed out at the end. Yeah, yeah. After they dropped into the playoffs, but yeah, hopefully this this is their season and they make make an automatic you know promotion back into the Premier League. Yeah. So yes, that brings us to the end of this episode. It was a very 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 fun episode, I would say. Ram, I mean, enjoyed talking to you and. I think there's always a smile on my face these days when I talk about championship championship or league <laughs> one because of the people I follow mainly people like you and yeah. you know your whole market insights team the guys yeah. from NTT pod uh, yeah. a lot of people like that so I mean the content on Twitter or any social media platform right now when it comes to even lower divisions is top quality. because yeah. of the quality of the players quality of the teams the managers yeah. again so it's it's great to always talk about championship and i mean i i watched a few games again uh, i mean i i remember again asking you how to watch games so yeah i watched a few games so it's interesting i hope i hope i can catch more and more games as well as the season progresses so finally it's a, it's been a great episode enjoyed speaking to you again ran thank you so yeah. much for coming in same Thank you very much and I will listen to the next episode of course. Thank you so much yeah. So finally to all our listeners and patrons thank you so much for all the support and until the next episode bye bye take care.